go ahead let it all out i know a lot of you guys lost money because the pistons beat the milwaukee bucks last night the defending champion milwaukee bucks tremendous game man we're going to talk about it all on today's episode of lockdown pistons podcast <laughs> Are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is the deal, everyone? I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And make sure you go check out the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you guys for helping us get to 1,000 subscribers before the new year. But now we have a new goal, 2,000 subscribers over in the YouTube channel, hopefully by the end, midway through this year. Let's see if we can get that. But I appreciate all of you guys who already have subscribed over there. Really, it's the best way to support the podcast, to so go over there if you haven't already. But, man, what a win. What a win by the Detroit Pistons last night, man. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Like I said in the cold open, man, all you guys, whoever's listening on YouTube, whoever's listening on Apple Podcasts, any podcast. Let me know, either on Twitter, in the comments, on YouTube, somewhere. And many of you guys lost money on this game. Listen, I have friends. They bet routinely. They're they, they Betting is part of what they do, man. And I, I haven't talked to them yet, but I can guarantee that at least some of them bet against the Pistons because you thought it was easy money, right? Uh, so you guys got to let me know how many of you guys thought also it was easy money because it, it wasn't apparently. The Pistons went out there, and they beat the defending world champion Milwaukee Bucks. And the Milwaukee Bucks had Giannis. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Bobby Porras. They had the guys, and the Pistons went out there, and they really outplayed them from start to finish. There was a little run there in the second quarter where the Milwaukee Bucks looked like they were going to take off. I think that stretch right there, and there's a ton of stuff I want to talk about with today's episode and what happened in last night's game. It was a great game, by the way, just to watch, fun game. There's, There's a ton of things I want to talk about, but that's something I want to hit on real quick is that there was a stretch. The Pistons seemed to have handled this game from start to finish. They looked like they were just a better team, to be honest, from start to finish, and that's crazy to say. But it did look like that. But there was one pivotal stretch. I think this right here is something that I hope Dwayne Casey talks about and the players feel very proud of. There was a little stretch in the, at the end of the second quarter where the Milwaukee Bucks went on a quick, I forget what it was, 13-0 run. And the Pistons were already up a little. I think they, uh, I think the Bucks extended their lead to about like six, I think, uh, somewhere around there. And it looked like Giannis was stepping on the gas. He was like, okay, I'm just going to take over this game. Let's go ahead and just let them know who we are. It looked like the game might have gotten out of hand after that. It was getting close. You could see it coming. Pistons called timeout. And while they still went into half down four points, they weathered that storm. They responded with key buckets after key buckets. They got some stops. And they were able to weather that storm. No, they weren't able to get their lead back that they had made. I believe they had gotten up by seven. But they did weather that storm and were able to avoid going down by like 15 going into the halftime. And I think that right there is what won the Pistons the game. Yes, like I said, they were down by four points at that point. But before that, they were the better team. They were outplaying them. There was a little stretch where the Bucks completely went crazy. And instead of the Pistons wilting and falling under the pressure and, you know, guys first games back getting tired, uh, you know, maybe pressing things. Nope. None of that happened. They weathered the storm, remained calm, and that – I think is what won them the game because they could have easily been down like 10 points at halftime. And it would have been not good for the Pistons in that situation. I th- really do think that situation, that stretch right there, is what really took the Pistons and gave them a the chance to win in this game. But obviously there was a whole nother half to play. And man, listen, 
There's going to be some individual performance that we're going to talk about, obviously. Sadiq Bey, Josh Jackson, Cade Cunningham. There's all-around good play from the Pistons. But I have to talk about the team as a whole right now, man. The ball movement by this team tonight was absurd. Man, we, we've talked about this. Without Jeremy Grant in the lab and when they actually have that starting five together of Killian, Hami, uh, Cade, Sadiq, and whoever you want to put at five, which we'll, I, I'm assuming we'll end up talking about this at some point in the podcast or either this podcast or sometime this week. But someone, whoever you have at five, but as long as they got those four main guys, the ball has moved a little bit better without Jeremy Grant. Now, it reached absolute peak value tonight. The Detroit Pistons had 31 assists tonight as a team. Again, let me say that again. They had 31 assists as a team tonight. At 100% contributes to why they shot 42% from deep tonight, while they shot 48% from the field tonight. The ball was moving. They were finding open shots. That's the best way to play basketball, man. It, it really is. I, You know, while the Pistons didn't have their guys and they were playing with a bunch of G League guys and a bunch of 10-day guys, you know, I, I started watching more outside of the Pistons. I watched a few Golden State games. If you watch outside the NBA, especially, especially Golden State, they do a great job at this. They're probably like one of the best teams in the league at it. But the way better teams and teams, like I said, Golden State, move the ball, it reminds you that's how basketball is supposed to be played. That's the basketball at its purest sense, the best way to play it. And those teams look so good when they do it. And it was just beautiful to watch. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself while I'm watching these games, like, man, I wish the Pistons played like this. I wish they could move the ball a little bit better. I wish they played more freely, trusted each other, and moved the ball around found the open shot. And they did that to a T tonight. It was absolutely beautiful to watch. And it came against the defending champions. Again, the defending champions. Giannis Antetokounmpo was on the floor. Drew Holiday was on the floor. Chris Milton was on the floor. The big three was there. And the Pistons did a great job. That ball movement, man, it was great. They had 13 turnovers compared to the 31 assists over a two-to-one turnover uh, assist-to-turnover ratio. It was a great team win by the Pistons tonight, man. Uh, and, and the Milwaukee Bucks had just gotten off scoring, I believe, over 120 points over the last three games. Pistons held them to one, 106 points this game. Like, they, they, the Pistons just played a great game overall, man. They really did. They got con- contributions from everywhere. Sadiq obviously went off with 34. Hamdou Diallo, he had 11 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists on the night. You got 11 points from Trey Lyles at the, at the center, starting center position. He had 11.7 rebounds, 3 assists. Kay Cunningham, he had 19 points, 7, seven assists, 4 rebounds, and a block. Killian Hayes, he struggled a little bit tonight. He did leave the game in the third quarter with a right foot injury. They say he was probable to return, but I'm assuming with the lead out, they just decided to keep him on the bench, not put him back in. Uh, he struggled with his outside shot. But besides that, he was even he even contributed four assists out there. Tough game for him tonight. But outside of that, you even got con- contributions from Josh Jackson, who hadn't been in the lineup in the rotation for how long? He had missed games with COVID, and then before then, he wasn't even in the rotation. But this game, all of a sudden, first game back, drops 24 points off the bench, hits five threes, nine of 13 from the field. Pistons got contributions from everywhere. It was a great team win. They moved the ball swiftly. It was a fun game to watch. You could tell they were all having fun together. They generally looked like they were having fun playing basketball together. And that is, I think that's what everyone wanted to see from this team throughout the season. Maybe it won't translate to wins like this against the Milwaukee Bucks all the time. It's not going to. But what you will translate is good habits, better basketball, better product on the floor, more development for your players. Overall, just everything will be better. Again, it may not always translate to wins but it will translate to better basketball, better habits, and helping a development with the young guys. 
I think this is what everyone wanted to see. And this right here easily, I think, might be the Pistons' best game of the year. I think it has to be considering the opponent. And, I again, they're running a two-game winning streak. I didn't think I'd say that anytime soon. This is the first time since March 2021. Great win, man. Great win by this team. Fun game to watch, too. Fun, fun game. They've had a few fun games recently. Last game was really fun. This one was, was extraordinarily fun. I had a lot of fun watching this one. Man, great game by the Pistons. Great game. I hope you guys enjoyed it. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more of the dive into further some of the individual performances by the Pistons. Sadiq Bey, Josh Jackson, Kay Cunningham. And possibly we'll talk a little bit about how this lineup has looked without Jeremy Grant. Some of these guys came back from COVID, first game back. Did you see any rust? No. They seem to fit together. They move the ball well. They like playing with each other. What does this say? We'll talk about all those kind of things. We'll try to fit it on this podcast in the second half of the podcast. Probably by the end of the week, 100%, we'll hit on all those points throughout the week. But we'll try to squeeze it in here in the second half of the podcast. But first, I got to let you guys listen to some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you a little bit about Truebill. Do you know why free trials are new without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concert is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and have helped them save over $100 million. Like Matthew B., who says, In a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for a year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, and saved $840 a year on car insurance. Don't fall for the subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Again, that's Truebill.com slash NBA. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button over on the YouTube, uh, over at the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. I appreciate my voice cracked just now. My God, I appreciate all the support you guys have shown me over there, all the support you guys have shown in the podcast, reaching out to me, asking me if I'm all right because I've been dealing with COVID. I officially leave health and safety protocols on the 6th. Uh, I feel a lot better though right now. Um, Basically, no symptoms right now. Still a little bit of a cough and a little stuffy nose, but outside of that, nothing really. Uh, so thank you guys, all of you guys who have reached out to me and continue to support the pockets and ask how I'm doing. I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, man, Pistons beat the Bucks. Great game. I'm deciding which one I want to talk about first. Uh, I guess we should talk about the starting lineup first, and then we'll talk about some of the individual performances after that. Um, so the Pistons got Keelan Hayes back. They got Kay Cunningham back. And they inserted them into the starting lap with Hamadou Diallo and Sadiq Bey, who have been using a lot of the time on the ball, a lot of usage while they were out. And they had been doing a good job of, a good job with it uh, while they were gone. I stumbled over my words right there. I, I don't know why. But either way, at the five tonight, they started Trey Lyles. Now, either way, you were going to start Luca Garza as Trey Lyles. That was one of the options. But Trey Lyles was also coming back from health and safety protocols. So they went starting with him. Now, I'm going to say this. I am not saying the reason why the Pistons won this game is because Trey Lyles. 100% not. That would be insane. You guys know I'm not the biggest fan of Trey Lyles, so 
I wouldn't be, I, even if it was true, I probably, this podcast probably wouldn't be the one you guys would go to to hear me, hear someone say that. Cause it wouldn't be me, but I think it's undeniable. And it's not even, this is even me saying that they're better without Isaiah Stewart in the starting line. That, that's not even me saying that. I do think it's incredibly interesting. I do think it's something that you just completely cannot, you can't ignore this. This is absolutely the truth. And I think even the broadcast, Greg Kosler mentioned it. Um, the spacing that this lineup had was someone at the five who's willing to take outside shots. Uh, he, Trey Lyles only hit one of four of his threes, but he's op- openly willing to take those shots. And he's capable of hitting them. And having that opened up the floor for the entire squad. Opened up the floor for Sadiq Bey. Opened up the floor for Kay Cunningham. Opened up the floor for Hamdou Diallo. Opened up the floor for Killian Hayes, Josh Jackson. And opened up the floor for all these guys. And the Pistons constantly, at all times, because when you bring out Trey Lyles, you're bringing in Luca Garza. At all times, the Pistons had a spaced floor. I think that 100% plays a big role in how well they played tonight. Again, it's not that Trey Lyles is the reason why they won the game. Obviously not. That's not what I'm saying. But the fact that that lineup and the Pistons had the utmost spacing tonight, I, I don't think it's de- un, uh, deniable that they look better with that. Um, are they better without Isaiah Stewart in the starting lineup? I'm not going to say that. Uh, I, I The four games that we saw with Isaiah Stewart in the lineup with those four other guys right there, they had a net rating of minus 0.3, which isn't that bad, especially when you consider the team's always losing. So I thought that was fine. I thought that lineup showed good, uh, good signs. But still, I mean, this is the same guy you guys are listening to that said, I thought Kelly Olenek should have been the starter heading into the season. I thought the lineup needed added spacing. Now, Kelly Olenek, I believe last week we heard that he's been – conditioning rehab uh still rehabbing but conditioning towards his way um, uh on his way back uh i think they made a joke about him constantly being on the bike trying to get his conditioning back so i think it sounds like he's close to coming back um and when he comes back i think the pisses do have a decision to make because again i i think they look better with the spacing out there now the argument will be that isaiah stewart provides obviously better defense for this pistons when he's in the starting lineup however I said this before the season, and I'll continue to say this now. I will sacrifice that in the defensive end in order to help the offense flow better with the backcourt of Kay Cunningham and Keelan Hayes and also the emergence now, apparently, of Sadiq Bey and Hamadou Diallo. Those guys need spacing. When you have a lineup out there with Keelan Hayes and Hamadou Diallo out there, who Keelan Hayes has fallen off a little bit outside shooting-wise ever since he had that thumb injury, I believe, last month, it's fallen off. Well, I think he's shooting around 28%, where before then uh, he was shooting around 39%. Uh, so he's fallen off since the thumb injury, and Hamadou Diallo is not a great outside shooter either. But they all provide different things, and they work together, but they need someone at the five who can space the floor, I think. I do think that they, they'll have a decision to make whether to start Kelly Olenek or start Isaiah Stewart. I think Isaiah Stewart, again, should continue to uh, – I think he should get a chance when he comes back to see what the lineup looks like with him in it because, like I said, in those four games that we saw, it's only a four-game sample size. It's not that big. But it did look, a fi- look like a fine-starring lineup. And he did look like he was starting to be a little bit more aggressive offensively, but his his limitations offensively and his lack of outside shooting, I really do think hurts the team, even though he brings it on the defensive end. So I think the Pistons have to make a decision there. I think you saw tonight the spacing 100%, I feel like you can't deny if you watch the game, led help lead. I don't think it was, you know, simply having Trey Lyles on the floor automatically you have 30 plus assists obviously not you have to have players perform well you have to have Sadiq shoot really well you have to have guys be willing to pass the ball like all those kind of things but having a space floor 
and the uh, driving lanes as open as they were and driving kicks being open as they were and having a defense have to respect all five players on the floor, all different areas beyond the three-point line, it opens up things for the Pistons. I don't think that's a coincidence that the Pistons shot 48% from the field, 42% from deep, and had 31 assists in this game. I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, we'll see if that continues. I don't know when Isaiah Stewart's coming back. He's still in health and safety protocols. Uh, so we're going to continue to see either Trey Lyles or Luca Garza out there, at least until Isaiah Stewart gets back, which I, I'm assuming it has to be at least two games from now because uh, when uh, the other guys got out of health and safety protocols, they needed to condition and, and get into basketball shape. They, I think that took like a day or two. Uh, so the next game's on Wednesday. So he's definitely going to at least miss that game, probably the next one I'm going to assume. So we have, I think, at least two games more of seeing – this lineup with a stretch five out there. And I do think they've looked really good with that. So it'll be interesting to see something to watch for either way. Um, I, I think, I think Pistons fans should be happy with how it looked tonight. And if Isaiah Stewart eventually does end up coming off the bench, they let's say they do decide to start Kelly Olenek or something. That won't be a bad thing for Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart can still have the same impact. It's just a matter of, I think that the starting lineup probably would fit better with Kelly Olenek out there. And if Dwayne Casey agrees with that, uh, we'll see how it looks. Uh, but, yeah, I do think that the having five out on offense tonight definitely or last night definitely helped them with how well they played. Uh, obviously, guys have to hit shots. Obviously, guys have to uh, be willing to move the ball. But I think, like I said, driving lanes being open, the defense having to respect all five guys makes it harder to guard. And I, I think the Pistons took advantage of that. So I think that's something you want to watch for as the games continue to play on without Isaiah Stewart and see how they play. Uh, but – Whatever. We'll move on to talk about some of the individual performances that we saw last night from Sadiq Bey, from Jazz Jackson, from Kay Cunningham. We'll talk about all that in the final segment. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our lovely sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, go down below, leave a five-star review, say something nice about me. I'd really appreciate it. Um, for those of you guys watching on YouTube, you guys see the shirt I got? Where is it? How do I show it? Yeah. You guys see the shirt I got? I got this shirt in the mail. I finally got some Locked On merch. You guys can go ahead and tweet at Locked On Network. And let them know, hey, you finally got our boy Koo some gear. Cause I, I've been here since, I think, April. I, last April is when I came on. I hadn't got any merch yet. Apparently, you get merch once you hit a, uh, you know, your one-year guy. You get anniversary stuff, which is cool and everything. But, you know, I kind of feel a little left out. You feel me? <laughs> With no gear. But I absolutely love this. Look at this. I think it looks nice, Matt. You guys saw the other one. I had the all-black T-shirt. You guys, uh, Those of you guys who were watching on YouTube. But this one is a nice little button-up. Uh, my fiance came in earlier when I was getting ready to record and said, oh, that's a different look on you. I don't know how I feel about that, but I like it. I think it looks nice. Uh, but anyways, enough talking about me and my fashion stuff. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Sadiq Bey, how he performed tonight. So I'm going to try to fit all these guys' performances into this final segment. So I'm not going to spend as much time as probably Sadiq deserves on uh, how he played last night. But he shot 12 of 22 from the field, 8 of 13 from deep. He had 34 points. The lead, I believe he outscored Giannis in this game. Yeah, Giannis had 31. He led the game in scoring. Sadiq continues like we had the guest, our, my friend Hal, as a guest on the last two podcasts, and he said to himself, I thought it was a great thing he said, was he, Sadiq is trimming the fat off his game. 
you're seeing a lot of just catch and shoot threes, which by the way, that's what I was begging for. I was begging for him to just let that thing fly for all during that entire cold streak that he was going on for like the first, what was it? First 22 games or something. He was struggling. He was being hesitant to let it fly tonight. He had 13, three point attempts. He made eight of them. He is a deadly shooter. He is a great shooter. He needs to just let that boy fly. He's letting it fly now. So that was a big thing about it. But when you close out, He's making quick straight line drives instead of not the long drawn out ISOs where he can't really, you know, use his three point shot to his uh, advantage. Now he's tacking off the catch. If you're closing out fast, straight line drive to the rim. Either I'm going to get free throws. I'm going to get a layup or what I'm liking even more from him. I'm absolutely loving this. And this is probably the last thing I'm going to say about city. Cause there's a bunch of other players I want to talk about too, but he's making great passes too. He had four assists tonight. Now, obviously that's not, you know, LeBron like 10 assists or anything, but four assists on someone's Sadiq usage rate. I don't think he used had the ball in his hands a ton tonight, but when he does, he made the right decision multiple, multiple, multiple times. He only had one turnover. He had four assists. He had a great kick out to Cade in the corner on a drive where sometimes earlier in the season it looked like he might have forced that. Nope. He took two dribbles in, attracted the defender as soon as he did, kicked out the Cade. He had multiple of those plays tonight. He's making the right plays, keeping everything simple for himself. And like my friend Hal said when he was on the podcast, this is all scale, scalable. He's able to continue to do this because it's very simple stuff. He's keeping the game simple for himself, and he's playing within himself. Either it's catch and shoot three, attack off the dribble on a, on a closeout, straight line driver to the rim, or as soon as help comes, make the right pass, go back and spot up. He's making the right plays, and he's playing within himself. And that – it's what I wanted to see from the beginning of the season, and that's why I wanted to see him work on throughout the season. Not long, drawn-out ISOs. And I told you guys this before the season, and, I, you know, we had a, a lot of back and forth about it. But this is what I meant. He didn't need to improve his isolation game to score 20-plus points, score 18-plus points, score 15-plus points. He didn't need to do that. People seem to confuse and say, okay, we need him to score the ball more. We need you to do more in isolation. No, he doesn't need to do that. He can – become a 15-plus per game score, an 18-plus per game score type of guy simply from doing those three things because he's that good of a shooter. Let it fly when they give you any type of space. They close out, straight line drive to the rim. You're strong. They're going to have to follow you if you get to the rim. If not, you're getting a layup. And three, make the right decision when hope comes. And he's doing all three of those things perfectly over the last week or so, and that's why you see him playing as great as he's been playing. I absolutely love seeing this from Sadiq. This is what I wanted to see from him. This is absolutely what I wanted to see from Sadiq. And if he continues to do that, it's going to be great for the Pistons. Obviously, this is also a small sample size. I'm going to continue to say that. I don't want to get too out of pocket because like we did after the first four games when we thought all of a sudden he has ISO game, we saw that wasn't that wasn't something he could continue to do. He struggled for the next 20 or so games. That's not his game. This right here, this is capable of him continuing to do. So while he's capable of doing that still, we need to see him continue to do it for a while. This is a small sample size. It's great. We love what we're seeing from him, but let's see him continue to do, a bit, do it a little bit longer. Doesn't have to be 30 points. Doesn't have to be 25 points. Doesn't have to be 20 points. It can happen on 15 points. But if he's getting the shots up that are good, he's making the right decisions on his uh, his drives, attacking closeouts, the impact will be there the same, except other guys will be feeding off of it. Doesn't have to be him scoring 30 points. It could be other guys feeding off his the gravity he's creating on catch and, shot, uh, catch and shoot threes. It could be other guys scoring off his attacking closeouts. It could be all those type of things. It doesn't have to be 30 points from him. I love what we're seeing from Sadiq. I'll end it there because there are other guys I want to talk about. But, man, I absolutely am loving what I'm seeing from Sadiq, man. It's great, great to see. Next person I want to talk about, Cade Cunningham. There's one play in particular that I want to talk about with Cade. 
obviously he had a great game. I'm not going to spend a whole time talking about his overall game. I thought he did a great job. Obviously the Bucks were trapping him like the I'm forgetting who it was like a week and a half ago who was trapping him on every single ball screen. I think it might have been the Rockets. Um, I forget who it was. Uh, but either way, he was being trapped on every ball screen. We talked about on the pockets how he was making the great decision. I think he had like 11 assists that game. This game he had seven assists. He was doing a good job of that, I think, again tonight. He had five turnovers. He has to cut down the turnovers. It's going to continue to be an issue with him probably throughout his rookie year. I wouldn't be surprised if turnovers are an issue for him throughout his career. He's a high-usage guy. He takes a lot of chances. I, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, but either way, they were trapping him almost every time on every pick and roll, every handoff attempt, and he was making the right pass, getting the ball out of his hands early. Uh, but he still found a way to get his points. Uh, he was really going at the referees, man. He got fouled a crap ton tonight and didn't get any foul calls. He was getting beat up down there. I don't get why he doesn't get any foul calls. It's not even like – it's different. Killian Hayes doesn't get foul calls a lot because he just doesn't go to the rim that much. We want him to go to the rim. We want him to get contact. We want him to play physical, all those kind of things. Kate does that. Kate plays physical. He's getting into guys' bodies all the time. Honestly, and one of the things I hate seeing happen to Kate, it's not even the contact at the rim. It's the contact these refs are allowing guys to get away with before he gets to the rim. Like, yes, he's losing the ball sometimes on these, but some of them he's getting flat to – slap across the arm guys are straight up forearming him giving him physicality before he even gets to the rim these are fouls and he was letting the refs know all night he was visibly pissed and i was watching throughout the night i had some of you guys tell me you guys were also watching this too that throughout the game you were just seeing him go over to the refs and say something he was mad the whole game but anyways enough about all that there was one play in particular and then we'll move on to someone else kate cunningham in both games against the los angeles lakers when it was close he tried taking a pull-up three over Anthony Davis towards the end of the game. Anthony Davis obviously is like 6'11". He has like a 7-foot, 100-wingspan. And Cade, his shot, it's a little bit, at that point, it's a little bit of a slower release. He, I feel like he does get uh, high on his jumper. He jumps he jumps and he has his arms pretty high. He's like 6'7". So, you know, he gets the shot up high, but it's just a little bit slower. And either way, my point is, Anthony Davis was able to block both of those. Tonight... He was met with the same type of situation. Giannis has switched out on him with like two minutes left. The Pistons needed a bucket. I believe they were up by like five. And Kay Cunningham went into a three, but this one you could instantly tell that he had learned his lesson. Not only did he not waste too much time doing a step back or dribbling too much, as soon as Giannis took one step back, it was immediate pull-up, and he got that ball out quick. And that's something I think that's a good progression because – you've seen so far some of his pull-ups that either one, he gets blocked on him because it's a little bit slow. And two, he goes a little too fast on him trying to get it out quick. And it's a hard off the back iron miss. This one, it felt like he, it looked like he got the perfect rhythm on it. He got it up fast, but in not rushing it type of fast. It looked like he just got the right elevation on it and released it quicker than he needed to. Cause he knew that he had Giannis on him. He drained it over Giannis. I love that play. It shows that he's learning, and he, not only is he learning, you know, a lot of guys know things uh, on the court, but they just can't, you know, it, at the time of, at the time of the play happening, is not able to actually do it. Like I played with guys all the time, and even I had some of this stuff happen when I played basketball throughout my life. You know, you know the things you're supposed to do. You know, oh, it, it, that's why you see a lot of time right after a play, you'll see a guy just clap his hands and be like, my bad. Because they know what they need to do. They learned it. They watched the film. They see it. They know what they're being told. But in at that time, it's hard to do it a lot of times. A lot of guys just aren't capable to actually translate what they know and what they're learning to actual gameplay that fast. 
I love seeing it from Kate because it shows that he's not only just learning, but he's attributing it quickly to the game experience. And he's learned, he's taking it and adding it to his game. I love seeing that play from him. A lot I took away from this one play. You may be thinking I'm looking a little bit too much, but I took all that just simply from that one shot. I love seeing that from him. Uh, and then we'll end the podcast with nothing too much to say here, but just Josh Jackson. I want to give him a ton of credit, man. He hadn't been in the rotation for a long time. He had COVID. This was his first game back, just like with Cade, Killian, uh, Trey Lyle, Shabin Lee. All those guys were just coming back. But Josh came back after not being a part of the rotation for a while. And he dropped 24 points. He hit five threes. Now, this isn't going to happen many times. Josh isn't going to hit five of seven threes. Uh, but he needed this. I, it was really just nice to see him get this. He's a Detroit kid. All of us love Josh. We want to see him play well because he is a Detroit kid. And he's been struggling this season a lot. And it looks like his future may be coming to an end, to- end soon in Detroit after a promising first season, I thought, in Detroit. Um, but he needed a bounce-back game. He needed to see the ball go in the basket. He needed to play well at some point to feel better by himself. And we wanted to see him play better. And he had a great game tonight. Now, I doubt this this continues to happen because he hit five threes. And Josh Josh Jackson isn't going to hit five threes all the time. But uh, hopefully this does something for his confidence where he doesn't have to just go off for 20 points. He can, you know, play well, gain some of his confidence back, and actually just play well without scoring, ha- having to score 15, 20 points. Just play well in your limited minutes. Don't have as many turnovers as he was beforehand, making the boneheaded plays, taking bad shots out there. He had zero turnovers tonight. I thought he played really within himself, took what the defense gave him, didn't force things out there. So I, I love seeing that from him. Hopefully that translates to future games for him. I, like I said, I think all of us want to see Josh play well. He's a Detroit kid. We all root for him. We want to see him on the Pistons. We want to see him play well. So hopefully he can take this game and string a couple of these type of games together moving forward, especially with Frank Jackson. Now he's going to have that opportunity. Uh, but, yeah, that's all we got for today's podcast, man. Great game by the Detroit Pistons, man. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, you guys got to let me know how many of you guys lost money betting against the Pistons. I know there's not a single person out there. And if you guys try to say you bet the Pistons to beat the Bucks, I need a screenshot of your bet slip. Don't even say nothing to me about you betting for the Pistons if you don't have a bet slip attached to it because I will not believe you. But outside of that, man, it was a fun game. Great game by the Pistons overall. Extremely fun to see. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Make sure you go make Lockdown Bets your second listen of every day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to this on YouTube, and there's many of you guys who are listening on YouTube and haven't hit the subscribe button already, make sure you guys go do that. It's the best way to support the channel, to support the podcast, is to go over to the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. But, yeah, man, Pistons will be back in action on Wednesday against the Charlotte Hornets, I believe. Fun game against the Bucks. Biggest upset of the year. Best win of the year for the Detroit Pistons. Extremely fun to watch. I had fun. I'll see you guys in the next podcast, man. Have a great day. Stay safe out there. Make sure you guys really do stay safe. You guys don't want to catch this Rona. It was trash. Treated me like trash. My fiance like trash, man. Stay safe out there. And until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.